Welcome to the Racer Radio Show, a very different show about gadgets on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is a different show because unlike most, we do not focus on the new shiny shiny things to buy. We focus on the value in the stuff we already have. The Restart project aims for a shift of behavior towards more sustainable and happier relationship with electronics. Our monthly community electronics repair events here in London are just the beginning. My name is Ugo Vallauri from the Restart project and I'll be your host. I'm joined by Orsetta. Hello. And Dave. Hi. Long-time Restart volunteers. In this episode, we're going to talk about some recent and exciting upcoming events, then discuss the latest electronic news as seen through our Restart lens. So, Dave, uh, last weekend you travel out of London to attend an event. Tell us more about it. Um, yeah, an organization called Sustainable Berry in Berry St. Edmunds, lovely little town in Suffolk, um, have been organizing restart parties for, I think, this is eight months now, nine months. Um, I've been to all three of them. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a day out of London. And they're trying to build a restart community out there and in a market town. Lots of different kinds of repairs. Um, I don't if you remember, Hugo, last year, uh, one of our repairs of the year was a vintage tape recorder from one of their restart parties. Yes. And so we do find some interesting gadgets out there. Lots of the usual mundane stuff, um, a TV remote control jammed up with sweets and a few other things like that. <laughs> but And they aren't quite as lively as the London parties, but they have their own interesting and unique flavour. So do you see something different happening at those events? I mean, I think it's curious that, you know, the model we created for a big city like London actually can work in completely different setups. Oh, yeah, it can. Um, it does require patience. You know, you have to build a community. One of the interesting things was how many people knew each other there, of course, unlike London. You know, how large is the town? It's 42,000 yeah. people, I think. And that sounds like a lot of people until you realize that What's that old six degrees of separation thing? Nearly everybody in the town knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. So, so most most of the time you're talking to somebody you've, who knows somebody who you did a repair for last time. In a sense, there is probably less of a need to find out who is good at repairing what. But at the same time, you do need a way to actually learn that you can share your skills. Oh, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, true. Yes. Yeah, there was a, a repair event I did in Italy as well in a little town that um, we had um, people knew each other, but they didn't know who could do what. And it was good to um, you get lots of gadget that you not normally get in London because people have the latest technology here. And sometime in the villages around, they are more repairer than um, we are in London, which is great. I think perhaps the pressure, the peer pressure that happens through going through the tube and being inundated with these ads about upgrade the gadget as many times as you change the tube, for example, as we've seen, actually tend to have an effect on people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So we, we had an event this past weekend out of London, but actually there is a very large event happening this week. So we normally speak about events at the very end of the show, but I thought that this time... We should make an exception, Dave. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, we're running an event called The Big Fix in Hackney on Saturday. Um, please come along. We won't just be doing the restart thing of fixing electricals and electronics. We're also going to have trade, the fabric recycling people there. They'll be there helping you to avoid getting moth holes in your clothes. Um, a local business by the name of Fabrications will be teaching you how to repair your clothes. Hackney Bike Workshop will be there repairing your bikes. There'll be two bike mechanics there. Um, and we'll have a load of other things, some Sugru demonstrations um, and something else I've forgotten. Oh, and one of the local volunteer groups will be showing you how to upcycle drinks cartons into purses. So it's interesting because we started all with the idea that we should find ways to celebrate repairing things that are electrical and electronics, but it doesn't stop there, really. I think, Orsetta, you had similar experiences in the past. Yeah, in the, I organized some um, restart parties in Camberwell and um, we managed to fix um, broken chairs. I had um, a lady that was fixing ceramics, so she taught how to do use gravity to fix um, broken plates and things like this and mm. it was great so and we had sewing machines so we were fixing clothing as well so i'm all for fixing everything not just electrical equipment which connects to the wider repair cafe movement that was actually an inspiration it started in the netherlands and now has groups um, in lots of different countries with the idea that a community solution to repairing broken things whatever they are actually can be a solution not just to repair things but also to connect and reconnect people and find new linkages in our broken at times communities oh yeah definitely definitely so in the case of the hackney fix um when exactly is the event taking place <sighs> okay here's the full details it's 11 a.m till 4 p.m so that's five hours plenty of time and it's if you know Ridley Road Market, it's near there. It's St. Mark's Church in Colverston Avenue in Dalston. Okay? Please look the details up on the Restart website or on the Hackney Fixers website, which you can find very easily with your favourite search engine. So Hackney Fixers is probably the first independent Restart Party organiser group across London. How many have you organised until now? Oh, I lose track, but it's more than 10 now, I think. I've totally lost track. I should know. But, yeah, we've been doing it for a while now, and I think Hackney has a good kind of general... We, the Hackney Bike Workshop's been going for many years, helping people to fix their bikes. We have quite a few businesses like Trade, some of you probably heard of, and other repair businesses. And what we're hoping to do is, well, one of the things we're doing on the day is building a map of all the repair businesses in Hackney, for instance. There seems to be quite a disconnect even between people who know how to repair something and being able to help others uh, find a commercial repair outfit that might be useful at times. I don't know, Arceta, if you have created your own personal map of where to get other things that you can't repair done. Um, yes and no. It depends on the items. I tend to ask lots of repairers at the restart parties when I don't know where to go. Often everybody else might have ideas and um, internet is also a good thing where you can find all sorts of information. But there seems to be still a bit of a difference where a lot of this information, if you allow me, is still 
analog to an extent. It's more based on word of mouth and the ratings you can find on the internet. There's so many different engines collecting reviews and it, it, it can be quite hard to navigate at times. And having a personal recommendation from a friend seems to make still quite a lot of difference. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, if you have too many information on the internet, sometimes you just, oh, I'm giving up because I don't know which one to choose from. And if you have a personal recommendation, it's probably, yes, the best because you trust your friends more than the internet. Yeah, and also think about the geographical necessities. It's all very well knowing that somebody in Hong Kong can fix your stuff, but actually the internet in that way has this annoying effect of saying, oh, well, we're all one world. But practically, you're not going to carry your washing machine to Hong Kong, are you? Or maybe uh, not even to Hackney, to be Exactly, fair. <laughs> yeah. My point is, we want to build... It's great to have, say, and it would be lovely to have community-based internet maps of all the local repair businesses so you could find repair businesses close to you physically. And not support just, yeah. businesses in your community as well. Totally. Which... Improve, yeah, stimulate your local economy, have fun, meet new people again, you know, the, the restart ethos propagated to a wider audience. Exactly. So we're definitely looking forward to the event uh, this weekend. Let's say one more time, <laughs> the big fix in Hackney this Saturday between 11am and 5pm. If you've never attended a community repair event, this is the one to try uh, this week. So, yeah, please. Excellent. Please come along. You don't have to repair stuff. You can just watch. There'll be demonstrations. Oh, I forgot. Of course, furniture repair. We have the School of Stuff. We'll be showing you how to repair chairs and other furniture. They'll be doing recovering, reupholstering, all that stuff. So there's something for everybody, really. Indeed. Excellent. Moving on, um, we're still Restart Radio on Resonance 104.4 FM. So let's move on to some of the news we've... Uh, read this week and there's been an interesting story about a repairer turned artist that we we got quite excited about um Arceta, what did you think about this um well he seems very an interesting person i think he's based in america and not in the uk um but apparently he collects lots of broken um, mac uh, computers and he mainly repairs them but then after a while he was found out that all the glitches were kind of interesting so he started recording all the screens with the glitches and he's creating some art, glitching art I would call it So John Bumstead is his name and we read um, his story on Motherboard uh, this week um, basically, for our listeners who don't exactly know what the glitch in a monitor might look like, um, can you explain what, what this means, Dave? Okay, um, there are several kinds of glitches. The first kind is when you break the screen. Have you ever seen that amazing pattern you get sometimes when you crack a screen, you try and use it, and you get wonderful rainbow colors through it? That's one kind of glitch. There are other kinds of glitches when you get maybe a loose connection inside. And what happens is you can get funny ripples and sparkles and bits of the screen moving around, stuff like that. It's a bit like one of those funny puzzles you used to have when you were a kid where you could move the pieces around. So all sorts of things. A glitch is a general term for something going slightly wrong. And you see these kind of things all the time. And this guy, I think it's wonderful. He's actually taking something that you might regard as being an imperfection and turning it into something greater. You know, so from something that other people would throw away, he's fashioned a piece of quite interesting art. 
I thoroughly recommend the article. And uh, um, actually, there's something quite interesting about the patience required to do the kind of repair work that he does. And um, so it would be great to explore how many of you actually have collected something that was broken before, then fixed it and sold it on to someone else. Have you had any experience like that? I have, yes. I, I love finding things on the street and um, taking them home and see if I can repair them. And if I do, I um, try to sell them on Gumtree. And if somebody's interested, good. If not, I'll just either give them to a charity shop or sort of recycle if uh, nobody wants to buy them. But I did sell a couple of um, hoovers that I found on the street. Um, it literally just needed cleaning and they worked perfectly fine. So I made a bit of money just from people's rubbish, which is great. Excellent. <laughs> I wish you could have... Uh, told the people who discarded these products so that they would understand the next time maybe they could do it differently. Yeah, maybe I should get the address next time and knock on the doors like, <laughs> I got this. <laughs> I thought there were two interesting aspects to John Bumstead's story and one that um, he potentially was getting a bit bored about doing this meticulous and yet very repetitive work of repairing machines it does require quite a lot of patience and stamina really um, he describes how his work is about buying on the internet uh, from people broken about to be discarded macbooks laptops and combining them pairing them and finding a way to make them work again substituting parts that no longer work so that you can put together a machine that's fine and ready to be resold. And uh, it's quite interesting because often we see these calls for recycling products uh, when actually lots of parts could still be reused. Yeah, definitely. Um, on on the boredom front, I have to say one of the luxuries of, of restart parties is the variety of stuff we see. So we don't get a chance to get bored, which is kind of nice. But yeah, there's so much stuff that's thrown out that could be either reused, repurposed, stripped down for parts, as you say. That is happening to some extent at the moment. If you look around, if you're buying, as you know, many restarters have looked on the internet uh, for, say, replacement screens for phones. Some of those are actually, you know, they've been reused. They've been taken from an, uh, a damaged phone. That somebody somewhere out in the far east will strip them down, take all the parts out, and sell the parts. Yeah, so it is happening already, but we need more of it. I had a personal experience just this last week. Um, someone in my family spilled some wine over a laptop and the keyboard became unresponsive. Most keys no longer work. And obviously taking it back to the manufacturer would be incredibly expensive. But it turns out that there's someone selling a replacement uppercase for the same laptop on eBay used mm. at a cost that's a fraction of the cost of buying a brand new spare part. So thanks a lot uh, for that person. Now I just need to find the time to completely disassemble that machine <laughs> and uh, put it back together, which is exciting, but also quite stressful at times. Mm -hmm. So people do please um, put all your broken items online as well because some people around the world will definitely buy them and strip them apart and fix other things with them. 
and actually linked to that, I mean, the fact that uh, John created this online uh, business for himself actually makes me think about an increasing number of eBay sellers that we see. They are not just providing a spare part, whether new, uh, genuine, non-genuine, used or malfunctioning, but actually providing a repair service itself. And so I wonder whether that is part of the future of repair. What do you think? Well, yes, definitely. Why shouldn't uh, eBay, for instance, is well known for selling commodities of various sorts and, and random things. So why shouldn't you regard a repair as being a good, in the sense, goods and services? What's the difference, really? So it's kind of nice to see people actually use it, repurposing the an auction platform for these things. And why shouldn't other people do that? Obviously, there are concerns about guarantees, reliability, and so on. But I suppose one of the advantages of doing it over eBay is they do have this seller guarantee, I believe they call it. So, And they have reputation and so forth. So, yeah, hopefully this could be the start of something big. It might be also uh, nearer to your home instead of sending it to China or Japan or Mexico. You know that the seller is British and instead of send it again yeah to china you know it's which could be... have higher costs if nothing yeah. else for shipping which could make it probably impossible and it might be quicker as well so um why not so uh, just a technical explanation you were talking about the glitches that inspired this um computer refurbisher to turn into an artist so why do these things happen to the graphic cards of laptops Okay, well, laptops especially are vulnerable. It does happen with ordinary computer monitors, but not so much. If you imagine what a laptop goes through in a typical day, being opened and closed, dropped down on desks, picked up, chucked into bags, and so on. So they have a quite tough life, and it's quite easy, for instance, for one of the connectors to come loose. Okay, And if you imagine the screen is connected to the rest of the laptop, the processor and so on, by a very thin, flat cable... It's very easy for that cable to has a tiny connector. It's easy for that to work loose. Also, cracks in the cable happen sometimes. So sometimes your glitching laptop can be replaced with a five-pound cable, or maybe if it's really bad and the display is cracked, you can go online and find a new display. Okay. So that's why people like him actually can make quite a fortune uh, by taking machines that someone might think are completely gone but actually could still be easily at times replaced or repaired. Oh, yeah. And in some cases, even if the display's gone completely blank, it may just be that the connector, you know, the plug has fallen out of the socket, so to speak, inside. In that case, taking it apart, plugging the connector back in may actually fix it for nothing. Alternatively, yeah, you may need to buy a replacement part, but again, look around on your favourite online auction site and you will probably be able to find a replacement display for your laptop for somewhere between 30 and 50 pounds. Right. Speaking of online sales, the next item on our news agenda has been this incredible amount of money that Alibaba just uh, uh, sold in eight minutes uh, the other day. Alibaba sold over $1 billion of merchandise in eight minutes in China's largest online shopping day, the equivalent of Black Friday in the US and the UK. What did you think? This was Singles Day on November 11th in China. I wonder why it's called Singles Day. 
That we did in research, to be fair. <laughs> it sounds a bit scary. You know, is this about sad people, you know, sort of fulfilling their need for Probably love? Probably not. <laughs> no, I hope not. But, yeah, that is a scarily large amount of money in a scarily short amount of time, isn't it? And on the one side, as an IT guy, I'm very impressed that their system stood up to that, that they could actually transact that amount of money. In, in that amount of time. In fact, they went on to make about $14 billion by the end of the day. Wow. Which, I mean, they didn't make that much money, but that they much money trans yeah. was transacted through their website, which is this incredible way. You know, we discuss about alternatives, a better relationship with the electronics we have. And yet you do see this complete disconnect with the kind of numbers that some of these companies are actually trading it, it seems almost irreconcilable but nowadays it's like um, people when they're traveling when they work they always use their phones to buy stuff that's all they do that's um, all of the time all the time they there was a an yeah um an article about it that people are actually spending more money by phone than on the laptop at home so when they're waiting for the bus the train anything they're just buying constantly one of the ideologies of the internet was that we will have more access to information it looks like <laughs> we have more access to buying things mm. mostly yeah i don't understand that because people need to try and um, reuse more and buy less which actually naturally leads us to some scary days ahead of us next week. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, Black Friday is coming, uh, as gloomy as it sounds for <laughs> some of us at least. But so the Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, somehow this, which used to be just the US tradition in the last couple of years, has turned into a frenzy that also has taken the UK by storm. And uh, we, we're seeing a very strange trend that it used to be companies launching those sales as a surprise sale on that day. Now it seems to have turned into announcing it weeks and weeks in advance to create further momentum. Yeah, prepare people for the event and tell them when the best time for buying is. There was an example that apparently is between 3 and 4 a.m. is the best time because people are asleep so you can get quicker internet access and things like this. So you should use your brand new smartphone, set up um, alarm. a nice alarm clock for <laughs> 2.59 a.m. And hopefully no one will have already bought everything that you're interested in <laughs> Yes, from your very favorite online store. Maybe we should stop talking about this and so people <laughs> won't remember this event. <laughs> but you had, Arceta, some direct experience of the madness of special sales in yeah. big stores. I used to work in a big store and when there was sales day, it was a bit manic. People would just queue and fight against things and uh, they buy more than they can or they want to because they maybe know that the next day they can always bring it back. So they just, but then people never do it. So they just buy everything they can because they think it's a bargain is either 25 50 percent off and then they will never use it will sit on their desk and then throw it away after a couple of months which is a shame so did you used to see people very 
stressed about it as well? Yeah, they used to complain a lot about either the member of staff were not fast enough to pack up all the things that they want to take home, or maybe we ran out of stock, so we had to run to the stock room and um, try and find the things. But the thing, somebody else already got it before the system said it was gone. So it's a, it's a crazy day. So please, if you go to Black Friday and take care of the sales assistant because they're doing their best because lots of people are in your same position yeah here's a good idea why don't you have a buy nothing day well it does exist in mm. in fact in the united states it's been oh, yeah. um you know a campaign going on for a long time but you know i think restart our philosophy is not necessarily not to buy anything ever yeah. it's you should buy things when you actually need them as opposed to when you are told that you must need them now and uh, just yeah. contribute to the ongoing rhetoric about buying and growth, yeah. uh, infinite uh, growth. And also engage with the buying process. Don't just be a passive consumer. Also, the kind of products that are pushed down to you on that day, yes, they might be uh, priced with a huge discount, but they might as a result, not be the product that you actually mm -hmm. needed or wanted and might not really have the features that you were looking for and you might compromise based on that big discount, but that's not necessarily in your interest. Yeah, indeed. Uh, if you think about it, ultimately, the big stores want to shift volume. That's what this is about. And you know that they'll be lining up as long as there will be some fancy new loss leaders. The vast majority of stuff will be old stock they want to get rid of. Yeah. Right. And actually, Orsetta, what you were saying uh, earlier about people piling up things that they never not necessarily use and they don't even take back when uh, they have a chance. Um, over the weekend, we received an email from someone who's inspired by our work and has been repairing all kinds of things, collecting them, patiently finding the solution. And he mentions at some point um, with a bit of surprise that at one point he did repair recently a brand new, and he writes it in capital letters, <laughs> new slow cooker that had never been used and he found it at a recycling skip. So uh -huh. this seems to be happening more than we can possibly oh. imagine. It happened to me as well. I found um, a food processor in a bin, in the box, all wrapped up, worked perfectly fine. So thank you very much because now I can <laughs> use it. But people shouldn't throw away things that they can still work. Either give them to charity, free cycle, ask your neighbour even if they need it. Maybe the person next door needs it, what you're giving away. So mm. well, Also because... At least in this country, once you decide that something's for recycle, it's not possible for normal people to take it out of a recycling center. And uh, as far as we know, recycling centers do some reuse mostly of white goods, but the small electrical and electronics, there are, apart from at times computers, there isn't really any scheme to reuse take from the recycling center out. So if you do have some small electrical that you bought by mistake, you, you might be a bit ashamed, but actually put it back in circulation. Don't wait till uh, it's time to recycle it um, so that someone can benefit from it. So we're getting to the end of today's show. I just would like to um, announce 
an event that we are uh, involved with uh, actually this afternoon as part of the Disruptive Innovation Festival, which is actually an online festival that all of you listening right now can take part um, in. We are involved in a session called the Head to Head Live, the Future of Innovation, where Janet will be speaking about uh, what are the drivers for manufacturers, whether uh, the environment and social innovation actually are a driver or not for manufacturers. Uh, if you'd like to listen in, uh, you can find more information at www.thinkdiff.co and you can access the live webcast as well as the recorded webcast of lots of other sessions on the circular economy, more better product design and resource efficiency and so forth. It's been a great show. Thanks, Orsetta and Dave, for being with us. Um, more next week with the Restart Radio on Resonance 104.4 FM. Thanks. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm.